0: Brilliant. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, we're here for another Friday conversation with some friends. So we'll go ahead and do some uh, introductions. And so everybody say hello. Uh, Kayla, do you want to kick us off?
1: Uh, sure. My name is Kayla. I talk about books on the internet in various places, uh, mostly my YouTube channel, Kay's Hidden Shelf. And I'm excited to chat and chill.
0: And Lana.
2: Hi everyone. I'm Lana from the BookTube channel Law and Lullabies. I, I am a hobby BookTuber, so I don't have a schedule or anything. I post when I post, um, and I'm also the creator of the India Chords, which is a um, Indian self-pub readathon that goes for the month of July. Um, so round two is nearly finished uh, at the end of this weekend and um yeah we have some some pretty amazing things happening and in the works for that so it's all very exciting
3: Um, Well, hi, I'm Jose, I live in Spain, I'm very much like Lana, I just talk about books as and when I can, I try to make it once a week, but sometimes that's just not possible, and I mostly read a quite varied uh, range of uh, books and genres, but mostly I talk about fantasy, Uh, but I do read other stuff as well.
0: And did you finish up your uh, Wheel of Time journey?
3: Yes, that that was uh, very painfully and slowly finished earlier this year in in March. That chapter of my life is closed, never to be reviewed, revised, or gone through ever again.
2: Was it that painful?
3: <laughs> uh, it, it's just it, it just yeah. Let's not go there. I've I've got a whole runty video giving my reasons as to why I think the Wheel of Time sucks.
1: So I'll be reading that next year. I've got high hopes now.
3: (laughs) Hey, hey, don't let me put anyone off. No, no. This was my experience, and maybe just one of those things where, you know, it's happened to me a couple of times. When people sell you a series, a movie, whatever it is, like so high, so much, or you know, blah 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 blah, and then you read it, and you watch it, and you go, "Is this it? Is this like this like hundred million copies sold?" And I do not understand at all why. I was very underwhelmed throughout.
1: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It's the the trap of the hype train. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I yeah, think 100%. there's, I, you know. I, I, I made a video with listing all my criticisms of it, and even fans of the series would agree with me. Yeah, so, I guess it's one of those things where you acknowledge that something is not very good, but you still like her for whatever emotional reason. Or, or, you know, you can see the flaws, but you work past them because you really like whatever is happening. It just wasn't the case for me. Like, I couldn't get past the flaws, I just, it's, it was too much to bear.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that happens.
0: But you did read them back to back, right?
3: I did one book a month. So it was a read-along with Ian from the BMB Books channel. So we started in January of 2021. We were doing one book a month. I think we took a break of one month um, after book five or so before hitting the infamous log, which is a real thing. Okay. This this a section like in the middle there. There's about four books that you could easily not read and not lose any sense of what's happening in the story. Like honestly, just pure filler, right? Nothing happens. Just people talking and not achieving anything. Um, so yeah, that was the my, my story. Yeah. So book a month, and that's as much as I could stomach.
0: That's that's a long series to read a book a month. That's uh, it's quite a schedule
3: yeah for, i mean any series really. yeah because like i was talking to ian recently and we were thinking oh what series are we gonna read together again next year but the will of time put me off i don't want to pick another super long series you know and then find I mean, you know I, i'm not gonna be better at saying look i don't like it it's not for me leave it but the completest in me the, the obsessive in me goes, no i've started i I've gotta finish it mm-hmm. so now i'm really scared now if i pick um, Malazan, or if I pick, uh, you know, um, Stormlight or something like that. It's like, oh, you know, they are really thick books and I don't have that much time to read, so I don't want all my reading time to be taken up by something I don't quite enjoy. So I need to think about it.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. There's a lot of time commitment in those big, chunky series.
0: Yeah, it's uh, especially, you know, maybe go with some standalones for a little bit before you get into it. Like Malazan is it, I mean, they're big books and it's a long series, so it may not be the best option right? coming off of Wheel of Time.
3: Well, and the thing is that I shot myself on the foot because I made this mock, ranty video about the fake Malazan fans that don't read the Esselmount books, they only read the uh, Ericsson books. And it's like no, no, no! You're gonna do it properly. You're gonna read all of them in publication order, which makes the series like twenty something books. And now, if I said that, I kind of just go and read just the core Ericsson books, right? So maybe I have to stay well clear of Malison. I don't know.
2: I think that's a safe bet because otherwise you'll just be like, "Hey, remember that time when you did that video?" <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's right. Yeah. That's right. Put myself in a corner. Uh, you've done it now. Was the, was the longest series you guys have read?
1: Hmm. Uh, probably quartets, but I'm also trying to continue series. So the series say it's like a trilogy and then it continues on with a next generation or something like that. Those are my next ones to start. So I'm like, like you, it's a time commitment and it's intimidating to start big series. So probably Quartet for me.
2: For me, it's probably like the most amount of books is actually probably like Animorphs or something, but they're only like tiny little, like 250 pages. Um, other than that, probably like, I'm trying to think, Harry Potter maybe. <laughs> That's true. Because that was like
3: seven, eight books. Seven books, I think, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've anything's held my attention for that long since.
0: And Nathaniel had a, had a comment Hi, everyone. Time to see if K is more children's. Tea. I doubt it. I don't know. I think K has been beat there. Uh... It's the T. Uh it's a voice off.
1: We'll have to and, let the uh, people decide. Yeah. Do a poll at I'm the gonna, end. But,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh Dr. Puffin's stuff is here. We just uh, wrapped up our uh podcast of part one of the darkness that comes before. It was a great time. So I'm glad glad you can make it. Uh people can change. <laughs> Uh, so Lana, with uh, the indie cards wrapping up, how did how did the month go for you? Like what? And it's a lot of work for you to do all this. So how did it? How did everything turn out this year?
2: Um, it was the the whole format was slightly different to last year. Last year I wasn't a captain, um, so I have read a lot more um, this year. Me personally, um, I've done a lot more admin um for it and around it and because last year there was um there wasn't really any prizes or anything like that and the prizes that there were that was on me um so this year amazingly we had so many indian self Pub authors reach out and say hey i'm more than happy to put through like put forward a copy of my book for you to give away which has been amazing um and yeah I'm not really an admin person so I have to give a shout out to Jordan because he has done so much work like it's as much his as it is mine now um but yeah it's it's been really fun this year I think it's got a lot more traction than it did last year um and and thanks to like Thiago Abdallah and um, Troy Knowlton and their smack talk they've just made it like this massive <laughs> thing <laughs> that I never thought that it would be um and like hearing authors that I've like haven't really spoken with on like one-on-one conversations oh, wow. like mention my baby um it like I do like fangirl screams every single time that I see that so it's just amazing and like oh it's it's surreal for me at the moment um like there is a lot of a lot of work behind the scenes that goes on but it's just been so fun and like getting the main goal is always just to get people to read more indie and take a chance on stuff that they may not have otherwise um and like my goal before I started or before I announce it every time is if one person picks up an indie that has never read an indie before then like mission accomplished so um we've had a few of those and some like um genre crossing as well this year so it's just been absolutely amazing and the teams and the captains and just everyone has got really into it and really behind it. And has been super supportive. So um, yeah, so with the help of um, a couple of people in the community, Kayla included, we have some big plans for um, the India Accords moving forward. Very excited, watch the space.
0: <laughs> I know we all appreciate all the work you put into it. It's, uh, it's great to have more people pick up Indian softball books. Yeah. And of course I re- really like to be a time, not a top ten, but I still enjoyed it I'm sorry go ahead
3: <laughs> um <laughs> the, the the thing because uh, I've picked up a couple of in the books this year, and the, the one thing I just couldn't get past one of them in particular I don't know but like the the editing was so bad and and the amount of spelling mistakes the the amount of you know, uh, really like uh, yeah, spelling the, the, some of the grammar was wrong and it really does detract and put, puts me off from picking in the books because obviously the quality of production isn't there. I don't necessarily need the book to be super neat or have the best design covers or anything like that. But the actual text it needs something more than just someone putting it through uh, spell check on word and, and saying, you know, it, it's ready to to go out there, obviously I'm not saying that's what happens across the board, but I've seen it happen and it just, you know, why would I pick an indie book when I can get something more or less sent pride from an established author from, you know, something I really want to read that is going to be a more enjoyable experience uh, than an indie book.
2: I, I'm, I want to challenge that. I'd say that's, that's uh, like a book by book, Basis, because there are so many Indies that are top tier. Like, if you like fantasy, I would highly recommend Ryan Cahill's series. Um, it is one, it's beautiful. Two, the story is amazing, and three, that you like, I I couldn't fault it. It was, it's like one of my top series ever. Um, and like the the work that's gone into it is like top tier. Like, I've, I've read traditionally published books that were just as clean and crisp Mom. as that one. That's, Mommy. like, just the first one that lost my head.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think self-pub has come a long way, and I think there are a couple out there that are, um, you know, not as well put together, but I think the majority of them now are pretty, pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I, like, I have um, chatted with a few self-pub authors, and I think it does make a difference on... Uh, whether or not they go for editing, but it seems like more often than not, they go through a strict process with editing just from the ones I've interacted with, the books that I've read. And uh, I mean, like I've read traditional published books with typos in them as well. So, you know, I I think it's, I get it when when you find those ones that just are not edited, it kind of puts you off. But I think it's worth trying to weed out some of the ones that you might enjoy and are actually really clean and well done.
0: You know, we, we could make some suggestions for you next, uh, next series. Go on,
3: go on, go on.
0: <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 or...
3: I'll do it so you don't have to have that. Oh, we,
0: we already did, yeah, <laughs>
3: we already have
0: uh nathaniel said i'm happy reading the first book of a series that ought to be enough to know whether its ideas are worth exploring over further sorry otherwise it being a completionist is a trap
3: yeah it's a curse
0: yeah it's harder to throw in the towel though when you're too deep
2: yeah it always like fascinates me when people read a first book and like the first book of a series and they're like oh it was crap but the second one was great i'm like the first one was crap but you still kept reading is that like a completionist thing or are you like insane or a masochist what are you doing
1: <laughs> insane absolutely <Yeah. laughs> i mean i've i've done that um for me it's wanting to give the author a try you know the first book maybe it's not great but maybe their writing improves or maybe the story develops in a way or the characters develop in a way that i'll like better. So it's like a second chance for me. That's how I try to see it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I I tend to find that usually the beginnings of a series are better than the continuations. I I think that's more or less the trend. Usually they start with a very good idea. Sometimes it's meant to be a standalone, and then they get successful, so they make it into a trilogy. So usually the first book is the more well-rounded one of them and finishing a series we've talked about before is quite complicated to give everything a, a fully you know to give a satisfying conclusion to a series sometimes the story runs away from the writer but this is my impression
0: mm. uh brandy so the one thing I like about the indie cards group is that other people have read through and can recommend a, a book so you can have more of a chance at getting a really good one uh bound bound and broken brown bound and the broken is so freaking good there's some recommendations for you <laughs> uh Hannah Blackball's here and Ash and Sand of course one of my favorites it's dark but it's great uh what, uh what indie books did you read
3: well one was um, a spanish horror writer so it's- no point talking about him, but I met the guy at a con. We got talking. He sold me the book, signer. It was all, you know, great. And then it just wasn't that good. But you know, I do admire people because I've written a few books, but I've mm. never really taken that final step to start peddling it out there, putting myself out there and doing it. So I've got, you know, I know what it takes to write a book. I used to pay someone to go through the editing process and try to do the best thing I could, but I could never commit to that final step. So I got the the utmost respect for people that do that. I think last year, my wife bought, and by accident, we got two copies of it. I think it's independently published. I don't know, it's called The Slob. It's this extreme horror, gory thing. It's 150 pages and I could not finish it. It was so stomach churning that it's, it's, it's so disgustingly graphic and like I had to I, it was a DNF it was my first DNF in decades you know hmm. it was horrendous and now I've got two copies sitting there on the shelf I'm I'm happy to to ship overseas I don't mind transatlantic if anyone wants a copy of the slob uh, check out the review of my channel it is awful 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 that's my selling point to you if you're into that kind of stuff Go for
0: it. You had me at, uh, <laughs> you don't know to
3: look. Are you checking it now? You had me yeah, at extreme I, horror, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, it. Look, but you know, you, you try, you try and you go, ah, not for me. Or, hey, I found this new thing. That's really cool. I don't know. What
2: hor- what kind of horror, like, sub-genre are you into? Uh,
3: very sort of traditional... You know, big big fan of lovecraft and everything around all the authors around what he did um i, I, I like you know the, your traditional ghost tales and and the sort of more uh you know the romantic uh, 19th century writers and so on although i picked up a couple of Ramsey campbell short stories and things like that i think for me horror works in a short story format it doesn't work over a protracted 400 page book. So it was another one of my cheeky videos. That's why I don't think Stephen King is a horror writer. You know, the only book that worked for me is his short story collection, The Skeleton Crew um, and Pet cemetery Sorry, those are the only two books worth reading of Stephen King.
0: You're a tough, you're a tough man of to please. <laughs>
3: Just, but I gotta, like, if I'm doing this for a hobby, if I'm just trying to have conversations with people, I gotta say what I think. And there's been some Stephen King books, because I used to read a lot when I was at university, because I had the long commutes back to the airport and then, you know, take the plane and stuff like that. So they were the easy ones to grab at the coach station or the airport. And I've read some Stephen King books, and you go, what is this? What is actually The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon? What's that all about? And um, things like Firestarter, things like The Dark Half. It it is not horror. Call it paranormal, urban, whatever, something else. But, you know, what horror books has he actually written? Gone. I'll put the question out to you.
0: It, maybe?
2: Yeah, I was just
1: about
3: to say, is it? It. A thousand pages. It, it over a thousand pages really that's horror really <laughs> you read it for a thousand pages and you were scared and uncomfortable throughout right
0: no I haven't, I haven't finished it yet i've been working on it slowly over the years
3: <laughs> the truth always comes out yeah
1: what so you you i like Uh, Sorry, I actually don't read horror. I've tried um, one or two, but I'm too much of a chicken to sit through horror. Um, So I will say I've been wanting to try Stephen King, and the only book I have by him is Skeleton Crew. So I'm happy that that at least worked for you. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, who knows when I'll get to it, because I'm just like I have to be in daylight in the company of other people to not be scared.
3: <laughs> that, that'll make you uncomfortable. There's a couple of stories there that you go, how, how does anyone even think about, about this? That, that's a good one. And the good thing about short stories is, you know, you, you pick them up, you drop them, you can go in and out between all the books. And that's the good thing about it. Mm-hmm.
1: Little palate cleansers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think they're great for um, for reading for reading slumps when you're in a slump. It's their short stories are great for that too. I think.
3: Yeah, and, I picked uh, up the the full Conan stories for like ninety nine cents on the Kindle, and between books, I would just read one of them, and it takes about according to the Kindle, it takes me like forty minutes to read one of the short stories, and they're quite cool. It sort of empties your brain in one afternoon or two afternoons, and then you're ready to pick up the next book. And and so far, it's working quite well for me.
0: Hmm. And uh, Chadia jumped in at the right time. She's also reading uh, also reading horror at the moment. Let us know what you're reading, uh, what book you're reading. Kay's looking for suggestions.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, Chris says, I don't get scared very much by books, but The Shining is pretty grim throughout. I'd say horror is a bit more than just being scary, though. Yeah. It's it's tough to maintain that level of uh fright and terror throughout the uh, this whole story. So then you just kind of become numb to it and doesn't it's not as effective as if it's constant.
1: Yeah, for for me it's the um the suspense that leads up to the horror. I just don't like that. <laughs> I just I don't like that part.
3: <laughs> what Whereas I really enjoy the, the uncomfortable ending, the, you know, and Lovecraft does that a lot, where the story just wraps up in an ellipsis that goes into, oh my God, and it just leaves it in your head to figure out the next bit. And for me, that's like really, it's a really cool experience when you're reading in bed at night, you're on your own with the light on, and, and then you have this sort of slight twist at the end and it's like, oh, now i am got to turn the light off.
1: That's a big nope. Nope for me. <laughs> <laughs> Turning that light <line> off.
0: <laughs> Kayla, are you a fan of horror movies or just not horror books?
1: Uh, no, I don't do horror movies either. I just, it all of it, I've tried them. And I'm just too much of a chicken. I'm the person hiding behind the sofa, like plugging my ears and hiding and not watching it while my friends are watching
0: it what about you lana
2: um i always thought that i wasn't a horror person until last year when i started um by reading michael clark and absolutely loved it um what's it called um
0: uh theory of a dead man
2: yes that one um and i absolutely loved it it gave me like creepy vibes and like usually if i know something's like based on real life i'm like it creeps me out i'm like nope but i don't know what it was about this book but it like put me on the path of loving horror like it was like the perfect amount of creepy and the perfect amount of like just it was absolutely great i absolutely loved it And so now I'm just like, yes, horror, give it to me. The creepier, the better. And so I'm, I like paranormal horror. I don't like extreme horror or not like body horror. doesn't bother me so much, but not like extreme gore. I'm just like, not for me.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I just found it like for me was a shock with the slob because I've watched like all the Saw movies, which is you know, sort of fairly sort of splatter, quite extreme body horror. The Human Centipede, which is something I haven't forgiven my wife for, making me watch years ago. Um, I cannot, I don't even know why we got married even after that, but anyway, but I've watched all those things. i managed to, to make it through that. And The Slob, which is just in print. You, you don't even have the visual cue to to help you along and i could not stomach that i had to put it down i don't know what it would maybe it's because it's in my head and i'm the one make you know making the picture in my head but yeah completely stomach churning for me
2: yeah the human centipede was it was a big no for me i heard about what it was
3: about and i was just like how is no, there a market I quite,
2: for
0: it
3: <laughs> i quite, i i just feel a bit like I mentioned there and I just saw all your faces everyone going oh and it's like oh my god okay I just got into somewhere I shouldn't have gone I do apologize.
0: Yeah it was, it was that didn't... movie that, that that movie sent me over the that, that movie made me realize something you just you just shouldn't see. There's just some things <laughs> you just shouldn't see and that was one of them
3: just yeah. And it's not it's not even that graphic It's it's not even that but but I think the concept of it is really and and that yeah then no interest at all on the second or the third part.
1: To uh, kind of go back to something you said, where you know the the authors will go into a certain level of detail, and then your imagination can just take take that and just run off. Right, that's kind of the reason I like fantasy is because I can do the opposite. If there's a you know detailed action scene, battle, a war. I can kind of turn it down a little bit and skim through and not imagine as in detail. And they also don't go into as much detail as a horror book might go. So that those kind of things I can stomach, but the concepts of, that some of these horror writers come up with, I'm just like, do I need to be concerned that these people are, you know, that they're thinking of these?
3: Well, that's the question, right? And, and that's the thing I never want to assume or or, you know that may seem to be the logical conclusion right so what kind of person comes up with this and i don't want to say i don't want to imply but you know we all think we all think it right
2: and it's actually really funny because all of the horror um the horror authors that i've either chatted to or seen on live shows are legitimately the most beautiful nicest people like
0: it's you know. so weird huh
2: yeah. yeah like you have such a dark like mind to come up with all of this that you are like what is this person like if this is like what comes out of their head and they're just so beautiful and genuine and like normal <laughs>
0: <laughs> we hope
3: <laughs> yeah
0: uh chris said horror movies tickle a different part of uh, father brain uh the brain than books for me horror movies can be uh, about being playful creative and fun torture horror side,
2: <laughs> and i i think it's the psychology of horror as well that like once you're in there you are completely in and it just like grabs you tight and doesn't let go until it's ready to um and i think that's what i enjoy about horror i feel like i'm like hard to explain not exactly like strapped to a chair forced to watch something but it just it it tickles a different side of my brain to when I'm reading like fantasy or middle grade or anything like that it's just like a fun time but every now and then you want like something else and that's that's what horror does for me yeah
3: yeah, um, 20,
0: yeah. I'm sorry go ahead. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, Steve. Go. Oh, I was going to say uh, Tony had a comment. The Human Centipede, probably the most disturbing movie ever made. I, I've heard the second and third ones were worse. <laughs> I'm
3: not going to watch them, but. I'm with you on that one. Um, I,
2: I didn't even know there was a second and third. <laughs>
3: yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah.
2: Just goes to show there's a market for everything. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. But, but I think bringing it back to a point that. Kayla made earlier like for me a lot of horror movies fail once they show you the monster I think the, the build up to the creepy bit so the sort of the descent into the madness is what really does creep me out once they show me the monster I'm like oh alright some CGI stuff or some sort of you know person in costume usually the ending of the horror movies is the, le- the least scary bit whereas it's that that buildup is what really like has you on edge. I think it's a bit of a letdown. Um, don't know. Maybe writers take note and just don't end the story. I don't know. Just leave it in the air.
0: Can mm. Leave it ambiguous. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, even like a, a franchise, like the Alien franchise, the first couple of movies or the first movie especially the alien you don't really see it that much and it's it adds to the
3: to the mm. horror element
0: when you don't you just get bits and pieces of it and when you can see it it's takes a different it has a different feeling to it and you mentioned mm. the descent which i thought was funny because in the movie the descent when they filmed it the actors didn't see the creatures until they were filming so it it contributed to their to their fear, and you could just get bits and pieces of them too so that that was interesting
2: yeah i think there's like a very fine line because i'm the same like it's hard to be afraid of something that's known but if it's like you you are just getting glimpses and bits of pieces bits and pieces of it your your imagination just runs wild and adds to the suspense and horror
3: that's the great quote from lovecraft isn't it the greatest fear known to mankind is fear of the unknown
0: Dr. Puff and stuff. I don't read much horror, but I remember having the telltale heart nightmares as a kid after I read Poe. I've never long read long long horror. Uh, Nathaniel said, I've just started reading, uh, trying out some horror. Thankfully the books tend to be shorter than fantasy. That's that's a plus for horror books.
3: Unless you pick Stephen King and you are stuck with The Stand or It or Dreamcatcher, in which case you're gonna get no horror, and all the length in the world, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: his his short stories are more like novellas than they are short stories, I think. Uh, Dirk said, I don't know if these count as horror, but I weirdly liked Bird Box more than A Quiet Place, maybe because the monsters are never really shown in Bird Box.
3: Is that the one they did on Netflix? Um... With Sandra the, with Bullock. Blind, I think the, so. The bird Box, the one with the was it the blind kid or something something like that with Sandra Bullock?
0: Uh, I th- mm-hmm. It may be on. I think it may be on Netflix, but I think it was in it was in theaters. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah,
1: yeah. They I have mean, to like be
2: blindfolded or something because if they see yeah. whatever it is, then it turns them. Like it makes. The... So Some,
3: yeah, something like that, isn't it? And then when they get mm-hmm. to the safe place, whatever they get to. Everyone is blind there, which is why they survived whatever it was. Is that the one? Um, I can't that.
2: remember the ending. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> I just pulled the ending of some movie yeah. <laughs> randomly there. I should stop talking now. Uh,
0: uh, Dr. Puff and stuff has an interesting comment. What about horror stories that aren't so monster driven, such as Hereditary or Midsommar? I love those two.
2: I haven't read those two. But no, I really want to.
0: I'm a big. I'm a fan of A24 movies. The little, some of them can be a little too artsy. But have you seen those K?
1: No, unfortunately not.
0: I'm a fan of both of those. The, those are great movies. Uh, Drew said, uh, "Hello, everyone. Can't stay, but wanted to pop in and say hi." Red Country update for Steve. Only about halfway through, but so far enjoying significantly more than BCS or BSC and the Heroes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't agree. I I, uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the I enjoyed the standalones more as we went, and <laughs> it was the opposite. So. <laughs> the first lot of standalones. For anyone who's wondering.
3: Speaking of, I've just picked up randomly book two and three of the age of madness because i've got them signed i got signed copies um, in the uk so when i go to london uh, in a couple of weeks time i'll pick him up so if we you were planning on finishing all the other crombie stuff i'm sort of getting ready for that at some point in the future cool
0: have you finished, uh, Lana and Kay, have you read the standalones on the second uh, trilogy?
1: Nope. I haven't. Not, not <laughs> yet. It's next on my list to to get through. I read the first uh, trilogy, and it's just one of those series where I'm a little afraid to keep going.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I know what you mean. And uh, Andrew's here. Hi, friends. Uh, he, he unfortunately couldn't make it tonight, but of course, he's missed. Uh, I was I was warning him that the uh, narwhal would be outnumbered, and uh, so <laughs>
2: he he ran in fear.
0: <laughs>
2: we love you, Andrew.
3: <laughs> Although. I've, I've heard some not-so-positive reviews about uh, the Age of Madness trilogy. Yeah. Apparently, there, there were some criticisms about, I don't know, that he, he kind of toned down the whole thing um, because he got some backlash or whatever. Yeah. Have you guys heard anything about that? No. Mm-mm. I've been trying to avoid that kind of stuff just
0: so I don't get spoiled on accident. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, I think. Okay, you're you're a lot like uh, like me. But we like to go into, uh, go into books almost blind. Is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. as much as I can. Um, sometimes I don't even read the synopsis. If someone just tells me, "Hey, this is great, and it's this genre, and has maybe this trope or element in it," I'm um, I'll try it. I'm very much the same.
2: That's why when I'm doing, that's why I don't really do um, TBRs or NBRs anymore. Cause I'm like, this is a book that I'm interested in. Don't know anything about it. There's Griffins. That is the extent of my thing. I'm just like, I'm just, it's just a waste of, <laughs> a waste of time. Why am I doing these?
1: I just started reading the back of the books for mine.
0: <laughs> I did pick up, um, Grace of Kings. Have any, any of you guys read this one? Yeah. I gave in. To the hype.
2: Yeah. Do you have like a plan of when you're going to read it?
0: I don't. <laughs> it's it's funny because I I, I bought it and then it, you know I have it in my hands. I'm like, when am I going to read this? because <laughs> we're reading uh, all the all the Baker books and then we're reading uh, Empire of Dust having that uh that discussion we're doing age of madness hopefully soon um we're doing the expanse this is like <laughs> i'll read it sometime wow
2: where, where do you when do you find time for anything else
0: just have to uh i'm trying to prioritize the the different series thankfully mm-hmm. the expanse books are very easy to read they just fly through them so
3: it's a, it's helping out Yeah, how, how long is a TBR before it stops being a TBR and, and just madness, right? Because, I mean, the lovely Julian who isn't here, I've already told her, you know, like, that she doesn't have a TBR. She's got a whole bookshop there waiting to, to be. So, I don't know. As soon as i got more than three books on my shelf to be read, I start getting nervous and anxious. So, I don't know. Is it just me? Yeah. It oh, I lost so. that feeling long ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, at this point for me, I just, I do MBRs or might be read for like a specific time frame. So like I might read any of these books within this month and then anything else is considered my ever growing TBR, which I will get to at some point. And it's just there and it's how I keep track of the books that I want to read, basically.
0: Hmm. Andrew sounds like Andrew's in for Age of Madness. And Andrew mm-hmm. read. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Andrew read. Uh, 300. He has 300 unread books on his shelves.
3: Well, but that's a library. That's just isn't on his shelves.
0: <laughs> just on his shelves. Not
2: a thousand books. TikTok told told me that at a thousand books, it becomes like on your shelves, that becomes a library. All right.
3: <laughs> but 300 is perfectly acceptable. That, that's a a number we are socially comfortable with, isn't it? We. <laughs> all right. Okay. I don't
0: know. Andrew read like twenty-four books this month. I don't know how, but so twenty-five.
2: Yeah, twenty-five was books. It 25? Oh wow. Yeah. And they weren't short ones either. Like yes. decent, decent sized books. He's just a machine.
1: I, I don't know how he does it. I don't think he sleeps. I know he keeps telling us his secrets, but I, Andrew, I still don't believe that you sleep. <laughs> they're <That> lies. <laughs>
0: He's uh, very competitive. Uh, Derek, TBRs are tough because I feel like buying books and reading books are sometimes two very different hobbies.
2: Oh, they are. They very much are. And yeah.
0: Charlie <laughs> has a TBR of oh. at least 250,
3: 250. Have you people considered putting that money towards some sort of psychological consultation? I don't know. <laughs>
1: That's that's what the books are for. Exactly. <laughs> well, to
3: to, to, de- to decorate your 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 room. Yeah,
0: they keep yeah, me warm God. at night.
3: Yeah. Oh God! Uh, and okay. you
0: actually at twenty six this month.
3: Jesus, I don't know. Uh, if I if I read three books in a month, I consider that an excess. Yeah.
0: How far out do you, do all of you plan? Uh, or at least, and maybe not a TBR, but just have like a general idea of what where you wanna what you wanna be reading. How far out do you do you plan for that?
1: Um, reading or review requests aside, uh, usually like a month ahead. Anything after that, I try and leave open because I I like to mood read, and I'm like a magpie with books, so. I see a book, and I'm like, oh, that looks nice. I'm going to read that. I've got like 400 on my list on good reads, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the only ones that I plan
2: in advance are buddy reads. So I have like a, in my like book journal, I've got all of the buddy reads for the year. Um, and then other than that, because I participate in a lot of readathons. So, I have like a, a massive pile of about 100 books that I'm like, I would really like to finish these this year, and then I try and pick from those, but then I look at my other like 200
3: books and then feel bad, so. <laughs> See, it makes okay. you feel bad, shows you got a conscience. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, dr puff and stuff i don't talk about books on youtube so maybe it's easier for me just to read what i buy and hold out until i finish
2: there uh, is like a little bit of pressure with um like being on booktube because or not so much pressure but like influence i feel like i'm constantly influenced by like especially what you guys read and like what andrew reads and i'm just like if he likes that I will probably like it too and especially like because you know like Andrew is a one-man hype train like when he is excited about something I am excited about something I'm like I don't even know what this is but I need it <laughs> so yeah I, I spent a lot of money on books the last couple of months
1: <laughs> both Andrew and George do that to me every month <laughs> yeah, yeah. They actually they're the, they're the worst and because
2: they because their, um, their tastes are so similar that they like combine forces. And if I get a message from Andrew saying, I think you'll really like this book, like almost always, I'll also get a message from George saying, have you heard of this book? (laughs) You should check it out. I think you'll like it. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to buy it.
3: (laughs) What about you Jose, do you plan for out? Um, Not, not really. Never, never really have. And it's only become a thing since I started talking about books on YouTube. So you know, usually I just write what I read. Um, This year, I was trying. I planned a bit more because I really wanted to finish Wheel of Time. I want to finish Realm of the Elderlings. Basically, there's a few series that are ongoing that I want to finish this year. And the view was to start 2023 with a clean slate. And maybe pick up the next big series. Uh, but since I'm a bit off big series, I, yeah, th- there's a vague plan, but then I got sidetracked because then I did the read-along for the standalones in First Law with you and Jolian. And that was nice. It was unexpected. Um, and other than, I'm currently reading a book that I'm halfway there. There's the next one on the shelf. And after that, I know I want to pick uh the last trilogy in the elderlings series i know i want to finish the last two books in the eldrick saga but beyond that um it's a sort of fairly uh unplanned i, I just want to read what i'm curious about and um the thing is i don't have that much time to keep up with all the channels i'm subscribed to i i, I wish i did but i haven't got that time in the day to 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 watch everyone's content. So um, I, I kind of pick and choose. Um, but I really try not to get swayed by what other people are reading. Uh, I'm just, I'm aware of newer series from what you guys talk about, because I am I tend to read more classics, uh, um, as Steve might know. So I, I don't see many people talking about things like Elric or Corum or th- things like that from, from the 60s and 70s. Everyone seems to be reading whatever is the latest uh, fantasy series. And that is what keeps me up, de- up to date with new stuff. But, you know, beyond two months, I haven't got a clue what I'm going to be reading.
0: Give in to the hype.
3: I can't, I, I just, it's not, it's not in me. I can't.
0: And, uh, Chris said, discord is the worst for it. And there's so many recommendations on a daily basis. That's another reason I avoid discord.
3: I don't understand discord. I got it because I used it to play role-playing games online with people. Is it's the only way. I get, but but I don't, I do not understand what Discord is meant to do. I, I don't get that.
0: No, it's just a place to like to chat, I guess. But,
3: well, like yeah. the old, like the old IRC chat from back in the nineties.
0: It kind of reminds me of that, yeah, like the old IRC. Or is anyone else familiar with that, or am I showing my age here? I, yeah, we
1: are showing I'm showing our MSN. age. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Danielle is here. Hey, hey Danielle. Uh, Carla said, I have, I have three authors I'd read upon release. Anything else I want to read, I'll get to it when I get to it. Uh, Tony says, I have much admiration for you guys and the amount of books you read. Since I started writing, I only managed two, maybe three books per year. Well, if you're writing, that's a pretty good excuse. That takes a lot of time.
2: Yes. And just on that, I am glad that you are writing because I need more. Any book to make that.
0: Sure. <laughs> what is everyone reading now?
1: Uh, well, I am. What am I reading? Uh, Army of the Curse by Krim Solomon. It's an indie author. Trying to fit it in before August so that it counts for the. <laughs> <laughs> the India Course Readathon and um, Red Mars by Kim Stanley, Kim Bradley Stanley, I think is his name. It's a uh, sci fi.
2: Um, I'm currently reading um, Lucy of the Brightwash by Crystal Matar, which is a, um, she dubs it a grim, dark romance which I think should 100% be a subgenre, genre <laughs> Grimmed up. It's like two of my favorite things mixed together. Um, and it's amazing. And I'm also reading Dark Fay, which TikTok made me do it, and also another book club that I'm a part of. It's um, part of the Zodiac Academy. Um, it's like a, I think it's a, it's a romance, but I don't know if it's dark romance or... What it is, but there's a lot of hype on it on BookTok, hmm. which I'm not on. I just watch and fall into a hole and stay there for hours.
0: What about you, Jose? What are you uh, What are you reading really
3: now? Halfway through the Conan uh, stories, uh, and also at the moment I'm halfway through. It's a Spanish author. It's been translated into English and other stuff, but it's a book about um, the medieval historical hero El Cid uh so it's about during spain when it was all broken into christian and muslim kingdoms and they used to fight each other and you know ally ally with each other against everyone else and that kind of period of time and he's the hero of legend that got banished by the christian king and he allied with the muslims to fight the christians but then he allied back with the christians to fight the muslims and stuff like that. So it's about kind of a historical fiction of medieval Spain. It's hmm. so actually I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. I, I think if it gets translated into English, um, it's, it's definitely worth giving it a check.
2: I've actually recently read like a couple of, um, historical fiction. Um, and cause I didn't think that that was really my thing. But after reading, um... oh, my gosh, Kayla, what's Tony's book called?
1: Uh, in Shadows in, of Ruin? In the Shadows of Ruin, yeah. Yeah. After
2: reading that, um, I read another one as well. Um, I think it was um, Con in- Ingle- Ingl- um, The Wolf of the Plains about... Um, Oh my goodness! Why is it leaving me? Um, <laughs> the Khan. What's his Genghis Khan? Like I've read that. Um, I and it, pretty much now I'm just like okay. I think I need more um, historical fiction. So if that is ever um, translated into English, can you please let me know? Because that sounds like right up my alley.
3: All right. So if you are into historical fiction, have you have you read any Team Powers? because what what he does is I mean for me it's a bit hit and miss but he would take a historical event and then build a paranormal fiction around it so and then what he does he self-imposes rules so he's not allowed to change any historical facts so he cannot change where people were on a specific date he cannot alter any historical facts but like um, I think, Declare is a good one. It's around uh, World War II and Kim Philby, the British intelligence uh, officer that defected to the Soviets. So he builds a, around that historical event. He builds a paranormal fiction around it, and and about the the search for the for, I, th- I think it's Noah's Ark and stuff like that. So he, you know, he's is quite a an interesting. Notion.
2: What's that one called?
3: Uh, that's called Decl- *Declare* by Tim Powers, and he also did. Uh, uh, oh come on! *Pirates of the Caribbean* is based on one of his, one of his books. On *Strange um, Tides*. On the Stranger Tides*. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, and the other one that is actually is good as well is um, *Last Call*, which is around poker, the poker players in Vegas and stuff like that.
2: Okay. I've just got another couple of books to add to cart. Thanks Jose.
1: (laughs) This is why I use Goodreads. (laughs) It saves me from adding books to my cart. (laughs) I've added it too.
0: (laughs) I wish there was a way to, for the, whenever you order a book for it to automatically come off of your, like want to buy list so because i i found myself still having books in that list that i've already picked up
3: mm. we I live in a different universe, universe. <laughs> how's
0: uh we... how's the shipping there is it is it pretty expensive to have things shipped
3: yes although mostly i i buy stuff through because 90%, 95% of what I read is in English. But now after Brexit, Amazon Spain has started to sell books in English. So they're not actually being shipped from the UK. I don't know how they're getting them. Um, and They're still reasonably priced, but books are cheaper in the UK than in Spain. So when I go in a couple of weeks time, I'll probably be getting a few uh, in London. but yeah, and then obviously with the Kindle, it doesn't really matter. You, you can buy in any language, but I, I prefer, I way prefer the physical than than digital. A bit like you, Steve. I saw that video actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just that some books you cannot get here. Uh, so some books in English you, you cannot get. So that's why I ended up getting the Kindle because some of the more obscure fantasy dragon land stuff from the 80s is just out of print. So no chance that he ever made it here.
0: Uh, is it pretty expensive for you too, Kayla or uh, Lana? The shipping. Are you muted? Not
2: so much the shipping. Um, cause I, buy like I hate to say it but I buy a lot of books from um, Amazon because I buy I read indie um so usually that's like the shipping's free but the actual books themselves considering they are only printed like two states down the actual books themselves are ridiculous so like I think for paperbacks the average is about 55 bucks um and and, um like indie paperbacks are between like 27 to 35 dollars for each so um yeah when I say like I've spent 500 bucks on books it's not actually a lot of books (laughs) (laughs) yeah just a just a wee bit of money but it's it's the only thing I spend money on so I'm like it's okay (laughs) If you even need validation for your bookish pur- like bookish purchases hit me up I will I will validate all of your choices
3: You see I'm the weird one here because I've got a self-imposed budget like every month like I did like this is how much I'm gonna spend and usually the first of the month I'm there on Amazon trying to get the most out of the money so different book combinations and stuff. Obviously, there's the odd month where I just go, whatever. I'm just going to buy a few more. But um, uh, maybe I take fatherhood too seriously, so I try to exercise some restraint. And when when I look at my child and I see he's got holes in his shoes, I go, "Mm, "Maybe I need to buy him new trainers." And um, you know, not buy so many books. Because true story, he lasted with one pair of shoes for the whole school year. And it was actually embarrassing when we got to the last week of term. So, um,
0: yeah. Uh, Spectre had a question. Uh, what do you think of Conan so far? I've seen a lot of new readers not getting into it.
3: Um, I'm I'm enjoying them for what they are. Uh, you know, I'm. Uh, they're very nice to read between books. It's nice, you know, very very classical sword and sorcery stories not i'm not expecting any great character arcs i'm not expecting any great themes it's all just you know adventure stories they are well written uh they're short and and yeah it's it's okay between books I, i wouldn't call home excited about get everyone to read them but i always say and i still think that it is important to go and read the classics, no matter what gender you are, uh, because then when you are confronted with things like, I don't know, the great hype of Brandon Sanderson, you go, oh, hang on, this whole multiverse thing was done 40 years ago by someone else. It's, it's you know, it's not so original. Um, so, so I think, you know, it, it is good to mix uh, and go back 50 years every now and then, or in the case of um, Conan, it's almost hundred years now.
0: Uh, Dave from Book Dave and Oliver Book Blather. Book <laughs> hey Dave, uh, you should have uh, joined us tonight. Uh, Legends of, of the Brave Bard, stay awesome. Uh, we'll tune in later. I have to go pick up dinner for the family. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up another beer. Sorry. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's gonna get dinner too. <laughs> so, uh, how how do both of you get out of a, out of a reading slump? I've heard a lot of people recently struggling with that
1: uh for me it's mixing genres so changing up the genre that i'm reading if i'm feeling like i'm going to go into a slump normally i read a lot of fantasy sci-fi but i'll mix in some historical fantasy classics um and even maybe like the method that i'm reading so ebook versus physical versus audio just play around with it honestly and just if you're feeling like it's coming on maybe just try something different and no No stress about it, just enjoy it. And if you're not, put it down.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm very similar to Kayla. Um, Either that, like I, yeah, I jump between the genres or the format, um, or I pick up a middle grade. Mm. Especially if I'm like being in a really dark, dark little space for a wee while, it's really nice to just pick up a middle grade and and the, the conflict in those stories that is so much lighter and just easier to read. It doesn't hurt my heart so much. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a nice little palette cleanser, and slice of life books like um, Legends and Lattes are awesome as well for palette cleansers. But yeah, palette cleansers, all the palettes cleansers when I'm in a reading slum
0: What about you, Jose? How do you get out of a, out of a reading slump?
3: Never them, mate. No.
0: What about a writing nope. slump?
3: Oh well, right. I've been going a writing slump for the last ten years. Um, now, nah, I mean, look, I, I read so little, I haven't got time to have slumps, isn't it? I, I, <laughs> you know, when you're reading two, three books a month, you're just enjoying them, and 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 that's it. Um, you know, uh, writing is a completely different beast isn't it like thomas Mann said that a writer is only someone for who for whom writing is much harder than for everyone else um and uh, yeah sometimes you know you get the inspiration and maybe you can fill a page a page and a half in one day and then there are days where just getting a paragraph out is really complicated and then you leave it for months and then you come back to it and stuff i i would love to Right again, but just at the moment now, my kids are are young, they demand a lot of my time. I my job is a bit weird because I don't get home until six in the afternoon. I leave at eight in the morning because uh, I, I work in a British school, even though I'm in Spain. So the whole timetable is different. My day is longer than for everyone else, uh, so I, I I don't have that much time. And then obviously you've got to take the kids here and there, pick them up from these, pick them up from there and stuff like that. So Monday to Friday, it's all very much routine. And then weekends, I dread them because you've got to entertain the kids for the whole weekend. And I'm sort of tentatively looking forward when they are a little bit older and a bit more independent, but at four and seven, you know, hands full.
0: Uh, Gino says pork chop in a can <laughs> or a bottle. <laughs> what are you having? Uh, what beer are you having?
3: Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an IPA from a brewery called uh, Troll Brew. So, so in keeping with the fantasy theme, nice. um, isn't it? I, I thought I'll leave the heavy stuff for some other night. I don't want to start speaking in Russian um, <laughs> halfway through. Although I'm I'm going to Belgium in theory. I'm meeting Jolien uh, next weekend. So hopefully she'll have the decency to buy me a, a beer there. Um and, and that'll be quite nice.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I love seeing like people in the in the bookish community meet up. Like, I get FOMO so bad being all by my lonesome pretty much in Australia, but It's so cool to see everyone catching up and
3: having dinners, and it's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, this has been a bit of a weird situation because as soon as the school finished, um, I I packed the wife and kids off to the UK. So literally the day after, just drove them to the airport. And then I've got a week here being by myself, which I'm getting a lot of reading done. Then I'm off to Belgium because I've got a friend that lives there. So then I messaged Jolie and I said, look, I'm going to be over there. Um, you know, don't get weirded out. Do you want to meet for coffee? She said, yes, apparently. So, you know, it'd be nice to, to sort of have a chime person. Um, and yeah, and it was very, um, it was quite cool to see when John did his trip across the U S and he met so many booktubers. I mean, have you guys seen his video? It was, it was great. It was great. I, I'd love to do something like that.
0: Yeah, it was, really neat. I was It was great to, to meet him. And it was uh, a surprise he met so many people on this trip across the country. It's really, really cool. One of these days, try and do that.
3: I mean, the, the U S has got the geography for that, isn't it? It is, you, you, you know, you all speak the same language. you got the, the, the space, uh, you know, unfortunately, here in Europe, you drive four hours and, will speak a different language is a bit
0: more complicated uh, so i just said the Conan short stories actually hooked me on book reading i went went on to tolkien lovecraft and everything else after that uh dr puff and stuff i think short stories are good genres too i have haruki murakami's new book and short stories and they are good good pace changers
3: i think just Taking it back to to that point about reading slams, I think mixing it up it's a good, it's a good thing, isn't it? You might get burnt out. Because, did you? Sorry, Steve. I know you were reading Malison. Did you guys finish that, or did you decide guys to take a break? What what? There was something up, something like that, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, we we uh, we just finished the third book. We're taking a little break. Yeah, <laughs> the fourth one.
3: Yeah, because something like that, you, even I don't know. You must get fed up whether you enjoy it or not, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're trying not to take it. Uh, they're such thick and dense books. We're trying to just take our time and not not try and, uh, you know, to try and make it easy on everyone. Because everyone has a lot of things they want to read. We don't want to hog everyone's time. And, and Danielle says she knows a few uh, other booktubers in Australia, so you may not be by yourself.
2: Yeah, there is actually an awesome group of us. So I don't know. I have met one um Mel from a book thing named Mel that was awesome. She came and stayed with me and I like just kept looking at her and I was like, I can see your whole body. This is weird. <laughs> no scream. I was just like, I'm it took like a it took a couple of minutes till I was just like, Oh my gosh, you're actually here. Cause um a lot of the Aussie booktubers, we have a chat um and we all chat in there, but when when people do meet up it's it's, it's really weird. So, I'm hoping to um, be able to meet more of them in real life, IRL, uh, very soon, maybe, hopefully. But yeah, it's really cool.
3: T- Twilight's own plot twist. She was just a talking bust. There, there was nothing else. <laughs> I, <don't
2: know. laughs> I can see a whole body. <laughs> but yeah, so I think um, I'm, when, I for my next trip. Um, depending on a couple of things, I'll either be going to Tasmania um, and there I'll see Mel and would hope to catch up with um, Mer- like Meredith, who's another Aussie BookTuber. Sorry, my daughter's trying to get in the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go, success. Um, yeah, there, there are a few BookTubers here and I would love to, but it's just so expensive to get anywhere in Australia and it's so spread out like um I have a couple of friends in WA like to get to WA it's, it's a lot easier to get to New Zealand and a lot cheaper to get to New Zealand than it is to get to the, the to the west coast yeah
3: <laughs>
0: the Charlie says we all speak English too Jose <laughs>
3: yeah that's right well we don't even speak the same language here in Spain so there you go and
0: uh, Speaking of of meeting people, I wanted to ask Kay about you've been interviewing authors. What's that experience been like?
1: Uh, entirely nerve wracking every time. <laughs> it's, it's it's been awesome, but I always feel like I'm ill experienced and just fan girling out too much to keep the questions straight. And of course, like I'm still new to it, but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun to be able to chat with all these authors and um, I mean for them to even want to stop by on my channel and talk with me, you know, and I'm, it's still processing in my brain that that's happening, (laughs) (laughs) but it's a lot of fun to be able to ask questions about the books that you've read and see what the answers are, you know, like in a specific scene, the, you know, what their writing experience was like, Getting to learn more about it, I feel like just it just gives a different experience to you know actually reading the book. You get to know more about the person who wrote it, which is really fun. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you prepare for those? Do you uh, have a list of questions before, or how do you how do you put your process?
1: Uh, yeah, so I have a list of questions that I write out beforehand, and um, I try to get as many as I can in while trying to keep a just a natural flow of conversation going. So it's it's a little tricky um, learning to navigate it, but uh, I don't want to take away from a natural conversation, but I still want to make sure those questions get asked.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, is, it, it can be tricky, yeah.
1: You do it so
2: well, like both of you, like your conversations, as soon as that notification pops up, I'm like, notify me when it's happening because you guys ask all of the questions that I have so I just think that you guys do such an amazing job when you're talking, in general, but especially when um, you're speaking with authors and you get to the heart of the matter and you get answered all the questions that we want answered.
0: <laughs> no, you're pretty good at it too. We had uh, really good chats with Zamil when we had... Uh, we got a chance to talk to him.
2: That was awesome. And, and Zamil's just...
3: Such an awesome joke. <laughs> did you, did you find, cause if I had to do that, I'd probably end up stepping on every puddle on the way, but did you find you, you, you wore connections there? Like, or do you only interview people you've read and you like, cause have you ever interviewed someone that you didn't like what they wrote? And then how do you manage that in the conversation?
0: I mean I don't think you can enjoy everything. Um there's been some authors I've really um uh, I've connected with and enjoyed talking to but I didn't I didn't hate what they were but it just wasn't for me kind of thing. But I think you can you can still um get to know about them and ask them questions that either people just curious about them or their work or their experiences or people who do enjoy really enjoy their work would want answered. So there's there's ways to to navigate that without, you know, um but every not all books are for everyone. So it's, it's one of those things. You can still be interested and in learn about someone and not necessarily be a, a huge fan of their work. What do you think about that, Kay?
1: I, I think you're right. I mean, I haven't done that money. I'm still new to it myself. But uh, I've had books that I, I didn't particularly enjoy or I've DNF'd and I still, I still chat with the author and they're always very nice. And I think it's just being able to separate the two is, is important.
0: Uh, and yes, managing li- managing a live chat is it does take some getting used to. It's disorienting. I'm still, I'm still horrible. About it. Yeah, I'm still horrible. I'm still horrible about it. So, uh, yeah, and you can facilitate the conversation for people who might be in their audience, which is a great uh, comment mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's that's what the live chat really comes in handy for is things like that when um, you need a way to, to kick in the conversation or something to kind of get it going the live chat and people asking questions really help out a lot.
1: I think too, um, trying to manage it, like whether or not you're doing spoilers and if it's spoiler free, making sure that your, your questions and the conversations don't lead into anything that might be a spoiler for someone is, is tricky. Cause you might get a question in the chat or, you know, the conversation might start leaning that way and you're like, okay, well, i got to go back over here, but you know, maybe another day
0: yeah. come back this way. It can it can get tricky.
3: Um, did you did you guys? I mean, I know Steve. You went to that horror convention um, a few months back, but um, when I was still living in London, um, I used to go a lot to all the all the, as many comic cons as I could, and I I don't, I don't think there is much of that for. For writers, I mean, one year, uh, one of the London Comic-Cons, they had like a mix of things, and they brought Scott Lynch, and they brought Brian McClellan, and they brought a few other authors. But there was barely anyone waiting to to talk to them and stuff. Well, for me, it was great. Like, you know, I met Scott Lynch, had a chat, signed my books. You know, Brian McClellan said same story but um is there something like that obviously in the you know going on in the u.s you got most people are from over there Mm,
0: i think a lot of the cons now are are focused more on movies and and tv shows unfortunately just because there's just not as many people reading uh, as there are people buying movie tickets now so but there are a few like stoker con was um you know or um there's a few other there's a few fantasy cons coming up that are specifically for books, but I, I don't know that there is. I think if they incorporate things like cosplay and like video games and movies, and they're they're bigger and they're more popular. But just focused just on on books and writing, it's, it's they're they can get big, but it's they're not as often. I guess or not as uh, not of as an, much as an event. I think. But what do you think about that, Kay?
1: Um, I mean, I'm in Canada, so it's it's a little different here, too. Um, I've never really seen, a, like, a writer's or an author's convention, so to speak, but usually we have events. Uh, so whether it's, you know, we get a few authors come in, and it's like a, a gymnasium's worth of people that come through to ask questions and, and get signatures, but those are, are far and few. And usually they're, they're Canadian authors, so they're, they're local people. Um, and then uh, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Indigo, but it's our, our big bookseller here is similar to Barnes and Noble, and they'll have local authors come in too and do book signings as just sort of like a day event on a, on a weekend. But aside from that, it's not a, a huge thing.
0: Hmm. There's so many Canadian authors now though. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, that, that's one thing I miss, I, one of the many things I miss about living in London, um, there's this bookshop there called Forbidden Planet, and pretty much every month they will have someone coming in to do comic signings or book signings, and um, when they had Robin Hobb, I mean, the queue, I mean, usually the book signings are done on the basement of the shop, and the, the queue came out of the basement, up the stairs, out of the shop, and round the corner of the block, it was ridiculous. Um, and, and you know, surely if a bookstore can do that in in London uh, with one author, you know, you could have a fantasy convention where you know, because there are a lot of writers out there. There's there's a lot of people writing fantasy. More than we can actually keep. You know, you, you read a book a lot quicker than you write it. And you and you never catch up, that which is what I find mind-boggling. That people don't read a lot these days, but there seem to be a lot of authors out there.
0: And Charlie says, "Of course, I expect nothing else for Queen Hobb.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's only <our> natural. <laughs>
1: I I think it's. Kind of along the lines of what you said, though, if you're not really in the book world, right, there's not many people are going to think to put these events together. So in that case with Robin Hobb, it, it was a bookshop. And then, you know, if those bookshops aren't willing to put those events together, do the coordination with the authors, in some cases, get them flown out for these events, it's, it's tricky. And if you're just a small business, that's, that could be quite intimidating.
3: yeah but I mean at the same time I don't know I'm I live in a ringeting town on the Mediterranean and and I've got a channel and surprisingly there's 400 people that when I hear what I got to say you know you guys have got thousands of subscribers you monetize your channels there's people that make a living out of talking about books and on YouTube so surely there's enough of a market out there to to up and ramp up the you know the, the fantasy world out there no clearly if you can make a living talking about fantasy books on the internet there's enough people buying the material
2: yeah i'm i'm definitely not in that making money off the internet talking about books i'm so far from that um but like i'm just a little guy but um you posed like a really interesting question because in Australia there is next to no like author events or signings um if they if there are they're usually purely romance-based or like romanticy um there isn't like fantasy or sci-fi or horror thriller anything other than romance in Australia there's I'm going to two book events next year that are like pretty big but they're both romance there is nothing for unless there are um authors that go around with like the comic con when that happens um but other than that there is nothing in Australia that I know of um for like the fantasy readers and the horror readers so um yeah we I want that but I just don't know if there's enough interest to make it worth putting together because I have had a look at like how much it costs to do. It's it's very much not cheap.
1: (laughs) And I think there's the other point too and like, yes, you're right, you know, there's a lot of interest, a lot of people talking about it. Some people make their living off it. Like Lana, I am not one of those people. I'm, I'm a small booktuber too but i wouldn't have like i wouldn't read as much as i do i wouldn't be able to talk to other people about the books that i read if it wasn't for the internet right like i i've looked for book clubs in my area and i just couldn't find any that had you know similar tastes or just there was one and they got together once every three months right so i, I think. In person stuff is trickier, and maybe I don't know it. Like Lana said, the cost is there. I, I don't presume to know what stores or people decide to do, but I think it's trickier to do in person stuff, and maybe it's just not popular enough in person and online. Absolutely,
3: <laughs> all, all right. But h- h- hear me out because I've, I've gone to enough comic cons where, um, you know you go to a comic con you you pay the ticket to get in and then to have your comic signed you have to pay the author or the artist that is there another 10 pounds or 20 pounds depending on the on on the comic um and if it's a big name you have to pay an extra ticket that is limited and stuff like that so and that's comics which sell a lot less than than books so if if someone out there organized a fantasy con and say, you know, you got Scott Lynch, you got Robin Hobb, I'm not even gonna talk about George Martin, and a bunch of other authors that are not your you know million sellers, there's got to be enough people that will want to go and pay twenty dollars for a ticket and happily pay five dollars to have to have the book signed by by Robin Hobb. And the author makes so much money just from book signings on the day because I've seen it happen at, uh, at Comic-Cons where the artist would sit there and charge you $10 for a signature and there's a queue of people, you know, all cashing hand, making, you know, $1,000, $2,000 for a weekend just signing books. I don't know. It's, I think it could happen.
1: No, I, those are all great Great points. I definitely, I, I agree with those, but can we like sign a petition to get someone organizing these? Cause that's, <laughs> that's what we need. Someone to organize it all.
3: Well, I fully know one person in the U S Steve that can do that. So, you know, <clears throat> <laughs> I'll get right on that. You, you've uh, been talking to authors. So Steve Kahn should be a thing next year.
0: Oh yeah. Steve Con 2023. Uh, Chatty said I talked to a Dutch fantasy author on Facebook. He said he doesn't do events because uh, because not enough people come to them, and his books are very good, but it's a small niche in Belgium. And I, it it is interesting because you mentioned there's so many books being written. A lot of writers started during the pandemic, and now that things are starting to ease up a little bit, I think people are still a little a little nervous to travel. So, that might be another hurdle that people are waiting for things to come down even more because. But also, some people are still, uh, you know, being cautious and not wanting to, to go too far, and to be around too many people at one time. But I think if you had the right mix, and I'm sure getting the the authors in one place at one time would be a, a challenge in itself. You know, just to schedule an author for a live stream sometimes takes <laughs> takes some work. So just imagine getting them to come physically to a location for over, you know, a week or whatever. That's I'm sure that's a lot of moving parts. So you need a, a team of people to, to do that.
3: Oh, okay, what am I missing? They're authors. All they do is sit down and write when they write, because I'm not talking about George Martin, right? So if your job is to sit down and write, and you get invited for a weekend, all expenses paid in, where do you live, Steve? New Mexico, right? New Mexico, yeah. There you go. What's, you know, what's a plane ticket from Michigan to Albuquerque? We can go there, sign a few books, take a couple of selfies, it cannot be that difficult.
0: Well, then you, you need a venue. You need uh, food. You need uh, vendors. I mean, it's as it can, it, you need booths. Who
2: is who is paying for this all all expenses paid trip? Because if I'm going to put on, if I'm putting on a um <laughs> and an, a big event, then like I'm, I'm I can't buy your tickets. <laughs>
3: okay. So hang on, hang on. All right. Like, I I don't know, Jack Hall, about any of this. I don't. But if it can happen for comics, why can it not happen for fantasy? I don't even live in a big city in Spain. I don't. So, you know, the biggest city up the road where I live, it's one hour north on the coast. It's not even a million people, and they can organize a Comic-Con and bring international eisner award-winning artists and authors to come in and sign comics for people over a weekend they can do that in a small city of less than one million people in spain and they can bring american authors over why can it not happen for fantasy
0: i I think part of it is too is the the comics industry right now is uh, a lot of it is they focus more on the movies to get people in the door because so many people watch the movies, so that's kind of their barrier for entries. You love these movies, come in, uh come to the con, and we'll have a sneak peek at the next movie, or we'll have a trailer, we'll have the actors come and you can say hi to them or whatever. So I think that's I think that's what's keeping comic cons alive is is the other forms of entertainment that go along with the comics. Because the comics industry is in pretty bad shape right now. Ah, uh, Chris said, uh, "Covid hasn't helped the event life, but in normal times, there would be a few conventions where I live in Northern Ireland organized by passionate individuals rather than companies." Yeah, I think uh, I think the pandemic is a big. Uh, hopefully, things will get better. Uh, Daniel said, "How many, and how many readers are natural-born introverts?" <laughs>
3: how do you how do you spot the extrovert in a yeah. fantasy book convention? He's the one looking at other people's shoes.
0: that is it. We have fantasy fest in Holland It's organized by publishers. So it does happen.
3: There you go. Oh, the, sorry. Sharia. Do the, the, you live in Holland? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she lives in Holland. I, I assume so. Yeah.
1: I, live... there, of course, yeah. I
3: used to live in Holland for a bit.
2: And I think now, um, I don't know if this is always a thing, but, um, they're doing pre-orders as well so for a lot of people that are coming to the events that I'm doing that I'm going to next year um like I've already spent a lot of money on their pre-orders and it's still a year away from the actual event so then at least they like from an author's perspective not that I am one but um they can see like pretty early on whether it's going to be worth it for them um, I think in Australia when authors sign up to do an event like a big event like the ball gowns and books event or um I can't remember what the other one is called um rare but um I think the authors need to pay to be a part of it because it's so big like I think there's 700 authors on the wait list for um the babe book event so I do think that they pay but because they have pre-orders um and it's exposure for them and all that I think it's worth it for them so I don't know if that's how it works like in other countries but I'm pretty sure that's how it works here in Australia and they're all set up by mostly authors or Hmm. fans that have event planning backgrounds
3: uh, Charlie says, "No, I live in Belgium. Well, like I'm, de- I'm well. I'm going to be there from Thursday to Tuesday <laughs> next week. So, if you want to buy me a beer or a cup of coffee, um, I'm, I'm acceptable.
0: Or the, or the Wheel of Time box set, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you evil, evil man. Yeah. But you know, uh, Jimmy Nuts uh, from the Fantasy Network actually brought up a great idea, which I thought was a great idea: is having like a BookTube con." and having a place where just booktubers show up. And if someone, I thought you would just need a, a venue, and um, I don't know, that might be fun. One of these days. And I say that to everyone, we all live around the world, so you know it depends on where it is, but it might be fun.
3: I I don't get it. I don't get the whole booktube, not not booktube. I, I don't know what to say, but a couple of comic cons I went to, there were YouTubers there. And there were bigger cues for the YouTuber than mm. for your award-winning, you know, Batman writer or Superman artist or whatever. And I'm, I'm too old. I was born in the last century. Maybe that's my problem. I just don't get it. I don't get the whole YouTuber thing.
0: They might they might hear you. <laughs> Uh, Miss Jared, sir. Hello, everyone. Hope you all are doing very well.
2: Hello, Jared.
0: Pretty well. Cheers. Uh, you know, lately I've been seeing all the work that authors do, and not that I haven't noticed before, but I noticed all the work they do promoting their work. It's so much work goes into it to not only write the book—that's just like the first, the first step—and the rest. It's just so much work to promote and to um, get it out there for people, you know, in people's hands. Just. I don't know if I could do it.
3: (laughs) And, like, like, I think Trudy Canavan is an Australian author, isn't she? Um, Lana. Who, sorry? Trudy Trudy Canavan? How do you spell the first name? Trudy, T-R-U-D-I. Yes. Yeah, so, unlike she she came to London to this bookstore to to you know I met her she sent my books had a bit of a chat and um you know I, th- I think if if I was a published author I would love I would love to travel places and, and meet fans admittedly yeah some of the fantasy fans do smell a little bit and it can be that pleasant yeah no kayla i'm telling it like it is right because i've been in those queues and i know those bookstores in the basement personal hygiene is optional um but but i don't know it must be great to you know to go hey you know here's your plane ticket that's your hotel come for an hour and a half book signings and i'll be you know i'll be really excited to do that
1: Mm. I mean, I, you have to think on, on maybe the individual level. Some people might not like to travel. Some people might not want to be away from their families. And maybe some people just view it as it is their day job, right? You know, some authors might not want to meet or interact with fans in that way. So it could be at that level. And then there's people who might go, yeah, let's, let's do it. But yeah, it's, there's a lot of variables.
3: But is there, because there was the whole controversy with George Martin and whether he should finish and not finish the series and all the stuff. When, when you got people that buy your books and they facilitate your lifestyle, and let's face it, if you've chosen to be a writer, that's your dream career. No one becomes a fantasy writer because they need a job to pay the bills, right? This is your vocation. So you have a special relationship with your clients, so, if, 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 I don't want to be entitled, but if I'm facilitating your dream job, the least you could do is sign my book, take a selfie, and you know say, thanks for coming around? Uh, maybe? No? Am I too entitled? <laughs> like, I'm willing to part with my money. Like, like you know, at this stage, I would pre-order Anything George Martin is gonna write if I knew he was gonna write it. Mm.
0: Uh Chatty has a comment. I would rather come in to talk to you YouTubers than big movie stars. Oh thank mm-hmm. you. Mm. And Inspector says, Hey, aren't you guys in <laughs> YouTubers? <laughs> 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 uh Spectre said, I'd rather watch you guys and a bunch of marble comic writers. Thank you.
3: Oh, well, I don't know about thank that. You,
0: yeah. Uh, Danielle, I think there are probably some authors that are better at public relations than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some people just yeah. want to write and sell their books and not have to interact. They're introverts, or they're just mm-hmm. not people 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 persons. Yeah. I
3: mean, I've I've seen it at comic cons there are artists or writers who would just sign your book and give it away without looking at you, and you feel quite sort of little there that you you're bothering them. And there are people that there are big names where i've been like oh just stop talking and let me go away you know they are are so nice and they're telling you their story and they're telling you about their work and everything and they give so much time to the fans that yeah obviously it depends on the person but um yeah
1: i think it's a, a mix of both right um i mean for myself if I'm trying to think of it as a reader, I still want to be respectful of that author's decisions and their choices. So, you know, yeah, I I bought your book, but at the same time, if traveling isn't an option for you or you're an introvert and you just don't want to meet me, I I I personally would want to respect that. You know, I love your work because I love your work. Um, that's, that's my take on it, at least. And I, there's all different kinds of people out there. So there's going to be all different kinds of views on it.
2: Yeah. I'm I'm one of, oh, sorry, go see. No, No, go ahead, Lauren.
1: Uh, I was just going to say, I am
2: also one of those people that, um, like Kayla said, if I see like a famous author or just anyone famous, um, whether it's at like just walking past them or at a restaurant or like at a con, I'd like... I'll look at them and I sort of be like, huh, I know who you are. Oh my goodness. And then I'll like, just keep walking <laughs> because I'm like, I don't want to bother you because I'm sure you get bothered all the time. So I'm like, I don't want to be that like annoying person, fangirling, even though inside I'm screaming, um, but I'll just be like, mm-hmm, and then just keep walking.
0: Miss said I would love for, to have someone ask me to sign their book. So I don't think you are too entitled fucking yeah the uh you Jared, i'd love
2: to you to sign my book of yours that i have you just yeah, live so I'll far s- away <laughs> send you my book um, yeah
0: you know i think if if you aren't a people person if if i was in that position i would probably not want to meet people and as a reader if if i like someone's book and i met them and they were not very pleasant then it might sour me in the whole thing so i'd rather not meet them if they're if it's not for them, then I'm good. Just uh, reading the books and enjoying it. I don't have to know everything about
3: you. Is, 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 that, not, books. is that never meet your heroes thing, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it, it, it can be, it can be detriment. <laughs> Certain people, not very pleasant or, you know, so it, it can sour you on some things that you have enjoyed before. And sometimes it's hard to get over. Mm. And
1: that's
2: Oink. like. The same sorry, social. Uh, sorry so that's the same with social media like there have been a couple of authors like recently on book talk I'm I watch a lot of book talk um but they have come out and said things when they just really shouldn't have like sometimes just stick to your book <laughs> you don't need to put like your um opinions or anything like that out there sometimes it is better just for just but just be the book (laughs) like that's fine um yeah because i've seen some stuff and i'm like oh i liked that book but you as a human not so much and i if if i don't if i love the book but i don't really like the person i will probably not read the book because there are so many great books in my tbr by amazing humans that i would rather read that than read someone who has a great story but is a piece of crap so yeah that's like my little thing
3: yeah. i think if you
0: if you want to put yourself out there and you want to see whatever you then uh go for it i mean but you, there's consequences to it i mean i'm sure no matter what you see, someone's going to be upset but you know if you just sometimes it's better. Silence is golden sometimes.
3: Yeah. That's when I used to be on Twitter. Um, yeah. You, you know, you start following different authors, hoping that they're going to say something about what they're up to, what, that writing, whatever, but all they're doing is just spewing the political ideas. And it's like, mate, I'm not following you because of who you vote or what you think about X, Y, Z topic. And, um, yeah. So I think I lasted about three months on Twitter and then it's like, I'm out. Yeah. Like, you know, like Lana said, I'd rather not know about you and read your books um, if I like him and not have my view tainted by whatever you think. Because I think you've got to separate the art from the artist, in my opinion.
0: You know, uh, the other reason that indie books are so great is because a lot of the authors would love to talk to you. <laughs> and they, you know, they they love to chat with you and they love to hear from you. So if you, you know, I know we're not King fans, but if you wanted to say, hey, Stephen King, I love your book, he doesn't care. But if you tell you know, most indie authors, be like, hey, thank you for, for reading it. You know, I really appreciate it. I'm glad you loved it or, you know, whatever. So that's one positive. That's another great thing about it. They're, they're very accessible and very... Uh, of the time, very pleasant and nice.
1: And I I think that goes for, I don't know if you're going to say this, Lona, but for the Discord groups as well, for, you know, like the India Courts readathon that we're doing the Discord there, there's a lot of indie authors that are participating and just chatting with people and, um, you know, talking with the people while they're reading the book. And I think that, I mean, it adds a different experience to reading it, but it's also, Awesome that you get to ask questions right to the author when you're reading or after you've read it. Just It it makes it fun.
3: To put a downer on things. Are they oh. doing that? No, they, hey, <laughs> It's me. Otherwise, it wouldn't be me, right? But to okay. put a downer on things, right? Are they doing that? Because they are an indie author. They're trying to make it. They're putting all the legwork, all the groundwork. And eventually, when Bantam tore whatever Harper come calling and they get the professional contract and the advance for the next book, all that ends. Mm.
0: I think the upper tier authors maybe just don't have the time or you know, I'm sure they get bombarded with questions. And if you're if Stephen King and he gets a thousand messages a day or whatever mm-hmm. it is, I mean, it's hard for one person to keep up with all that. So that's another thing too. But um, I think most of it's, gen- I mean, I'm sure some of it is I have to I'll have to deal with this guy, you know, <laughs> but I think, uh, most of it feels genuine to me. I think it's just people. You, you know, a lot of these people have day jobs, and mm-hmm. they're um, just out of the love of of the art and want to get their their work out. So,
3: yeah, but 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 it is it is an ego trip, like you, you know, like you say. I had a day job, and I used to write in the evenings, weekends. It would take me like two years to write up an eighty thousand page book or whatever. If I had put that out there and there was someone on the internet that wanted to talk to me about it, I wouldn't be able to fit through the door with my ego this big, right? I'll be like, yeah, I'll talk to you. I'll come into your channel. I'll, you know, it, it must be quite boosting for them to have someone in some remote corner of the world go, hey, I picked up your book. I liked it. Let's talk about it. You know, I'll, I'll jump at the opportunity
2: for um I actually like um spoke with an author last night and um we were like sort of talking about that and um about whether they like getting messages from people that read like as they read and getting like a commentary as they're reading and she said that she absolutely loves it because when she started she was a fangirl and she wanted to like Message all of her favorite authors as she's reading the book and be like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" and "Oh my god, I can't believe you killed that person, you bitch!" Like, and so now that she's getting those, she's getting those messages. Firstly, she's just like, "Oh my gosh, someone actually just read my book!" And so that's like, yes, there's like the validation, but also it's just she knows what it's like to be a fan girl, and so to have people fangirl over her things it like kind of comes full cycle and she's just more than anything the thing that came across is just gratitude and it just came across so like genuine and um yeah and she, and she was back to like the con things she's like I love to go to cons both as a reader and an author because she gets to fangirl out with her fangirls so like it's I I think it's like fully genuine and like the especially in the discord for India chords the the conversations that are being had and um with the authors and stuff that it's it's just so genuine and and cool and you get like an extra layer as Kayla said you get an extra layer and history and what was going through your mind at this point it's it's yeah as Kayla said it is a whole different experience and it just takes it up
1: a level
2: hmm. but I think it's and super
1: cool just to add to that it, it just feels like you're talking to anyone else like I know you're yes you're talking to the author but it the way the conversations end up going it just feels like you're talking to another friend or another mm-hmm. book nerd you know because they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: it's true yeah And where do you all sit with... Uh, I spoke to an author a while back and, and they were telling me that they, they really missed book signings because book signings weren't a thing because of the pandemic and things have opened up since then. But um, he did tell me that he missed the chance to just look people in the eye and, and shake their hand and to have their book signed by them. So hopefully that stuff will come back and people get a chance to do that again. Well, it is nice getting a book shipped to you that's signed. I mean, of course, I, you know, I love that, but it would be cool to like actually meet someone and have them sign in in front of you. And that's a whole, that's, you know, a step above, but.
3: Yeah. I, it's totally different. Cause you get a, you know, you get a personalized and you know, like the good authors, who, like I remember when I met Sir Terry Pratchett, hmm. he, you know, he, he, what, he wrote, what, like 40, 41 Discworld novels. So whenever he signed one of his books, he had a different tagline for each book. So depending on which book was signing, he will write something different uh, on the inside for you. And, you know, he'll personalize it and stuff like that. Same, same with Scott Lynch. I've got a couple of his books signed and each one says something different that he's got sort of, you know, pre-recording his head and to dedicate them and stuff like that. So it, it, it is very different to just getting a signature, you know, totally sort of anonymous there on the book. Although I still like to have them in my in my collection.
0: I can't go wrong. Uh, Chris says, uh, contributing to positive conversations about books, not just their own, shows it's not just about building the careers. We're all book fans. Yes, 100%
2: to this comment, Chris. 100%.
0: And Chiago is, is great at trash talk too. So he gets.
2: <laughs> oh, he is the best! I can't wait to see him eat raisins.
0: He almost uh, just his trash talk alone almost almost had me reinstall Discord, but. <laughs> <was> just... Almost. <laughs> <laughs> so Lana, can you give us a a sneak peek at what you have planned for next year for the India chords, or can you give us a hint? um you can be as cryptic as you want
2: okay so the India courts will be happening at least twice a year um because we've had a lot of feedback saying I've had so much fun in this with this readathon like we need more of it so we're just giving the people what they want but we're also looking at mm, um, it's okay if you can, if you can make yeah, we're looking at making it a, a I'll just say we're looking at making it a thing, so just be prepared be prepared to see a lot more indie chords around.
0: So what I'm putting together is you're talking about an indie chords con.
2: Uh, maybe 2024.
3: Just just blink. One once for yes, two for no. <laughs>
2: um yeah, and yeah, we've yeah, we have a um we have quite a few things planned. So, that would be and,
0: really cool.
2: Yes. I've actually um just was it yesterday, Kayla? I messaged you and I was just like, I'm bringing you in. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited.
2: <laughs> I was like, um, I need help and ideas and stuff. Um, You're in. <laughs> it read-a-thons. wasn't an option.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But... <laughs> but read-a-thons for me are like potato chips. I just, I have to I have to be a part of them. They're so much fun. Yeah, same for me. Same
2: for me. And yeah, when I first... I think I wasn't even on I think I might have just started my channel when I thought of the Indie Accords but I was like no one knows me I don't know anything um I'm I'm not gonna do it and then I held it off for a year and then I was like you know what because I was like someone else has done this someone else is doing this and so I stuck around for a year just like sort of watching and see and there were like Indie um sort of readathons but they were always like just the fantasy genre and I was like but what about all of the other ones so um that's how India Chords came about and yeah no it's just become bigger way bigger than I thought it was ever going to be and it was actually Jordan and Thiago that made me think bigger because I was like yeah I'm just happy with my little readathon that we do once a year and it's great and they're like but you know if you did this and you can also do this and how about if we made this and I'm just like that is a lot of work and they're like yeah but if we did this and we did this and I'm like okay yes yes let's do that so I really have have them to
1: thank for where this will be going
2: again watch this
1: space
0: excited (laughs) to hear about it
1: So what you're saying is is going to be coming back for more trash talking.
0: Yes,
2: he is He is a, um, he has, um, like, put himself as a permanent fixture. I just love that he just, like, as soon as um, he was just like, oh, I want to be a part of this, he just took it and then just ran with it. And that as, as a creator of anything, it's just, amazing and unreal that someone cares enough about something that you created. Like I kind of kind of can see what authors sort of feel like when people are just like, this is like theories and all of that sort of stuff. They've just taken something that you've created and made it like their own. So um, yeah, I'm very, very humbled and just very appreciative of the community and everyone. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And for reference, we are talking about uh, Thiago Abdallah, the author of A Touch of Light. So just to play his work. And our friend Taylor's here. Indie Chords is amazing, Lana. Thank you for all the work you put in.
2: Ah, thanks, Tay-Tay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know it's uh, getting late for, for Jose.
3: <laughs> it's okay. I'm on holidays, no wife, no kids. I'm I'm going. I, I don't mind
0: you're, you're two uh two IPAs in so I'm sure that helps
3: yeah 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 I still got the heavy stuff in the fridge so we've got time for another one I'm happy to continue <laughs> uh, no, heavy. You, what's what's the heavier stuff I've got in preparation for my trip I've got a Belgian uh quadruple uh beer in the fridge which can make an appearance or not depending on whether we're going to continue Having a chat or not? I'm, oh. I'm, easy. I'm easy. Well, No, I
0: have to see it. So.
3: <laughs> all right. Okay. Hold it then. It. Yeah. Let me get a proper glass dead, because everything needs to turn. Yeah. yeah. Right. Ooh. I'll be back.
0: <laughs> I'm way too curious now. <laughs> well, that's exciting, Lana. That's. It's uh, pretty neat. You have all that, all that going on. So and I can tell that you have more but I know you can't tell us everything but lots of exciting stuff coming
2: yeah yeah um yeah I have so much going on at the moment it's it's kind of crazy so I'm really really excited to see how it all all plays out and yeah bookish things have been my life so for so long so to be able to make it like a pretty big and solid part of my life um it's, it's kind of a dream come true so. Mm. <laughs>
3: uh
0: so taylor what is a belgian quadruple Can I I <laughs> yes i have to see this so we have a question for you uh what's a belgian quadruple
3: uh it's about uh the different what you call them in english tops uh yes thank you the hops yep uh it's the hops this is a ten and a half percent beer so we're on white wine territory basically in terms of abv and it's in preparation for my trip to belgium next next week um the liver has been bad and it needs to be punished (laughs) and obviously it needs to be served in a chalice glass because it's the right thing to do <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you, thi- you see, the, the, the truth comes out now. Fact is, I do have some liver damage issues for things unrelated. So, my alcohol intake is actually quite limited, contrary to what may appear tonight. <laughs> so, okay. Um, it, yeah, you know, honestly, I drink very little. Um, but when I do, I just drink proper stuff. I'm not going to drink cheap, you know, macro beer. I'm not going to drink Carlsberg. I'm not going to drink um, Coors or anything like that. I only drink craft beer or sort of proper sort of heavy stuff because I'm going to have three beers a week. I'm going to have nice stuff. Yeah, if you're going to do it, it's worth doing right, I guess. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Be careful. Yeah. Uh, it, it's only, I'm it's so only scared to sh- all It's only a short crawl to bed, is right.
0: (laughs) So, Kay, your your channel is still still fairly new. What has your experience been like since you started your channel? Uh,
1: It's been overwhelmingly positive, I have to say. Um, I put off starting it for a long time. And it was my partner who basically said, all right, time to just sit down and and do it. Um, But everyone's been so supportive. Uh, like my first video that went up, there was, uh, there was so many people who just started spamming it everywhere and not at all what I was expecting. I, my thoughts were two people might come by. One of them would be my partner, maybe one, my mom. And you know, um, that would, that would be it. So it's just, it's been a lot of learning curves and just phenomenal to interact with everyone. And, I mean, the community is just amazing, as anyone will say. Yeah.
0: What's been your biggest surprise?
1: Um, that people, honestly, people, people like want a voice. to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that people want to actually hear what you have to say. I don't feel like I say anything special, but um, and the fact that people like my voice—that is the weirdest thing to me. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, since we're on the topic, what what kind of mic do you have? I'm curious.
1: Uh, it's the Shure MV7, I think.
0: Oh, nice, very nice. And Jose, what's uh, what's your
3: experience been like on BookTube? Um, it's been I, I, like I've got to get some perspective. Um, no, it's been it's been very positive. But um, uh, I started um uh, years ago i, I started before right. the pandemic before the pandemic and you know i didn't have a clue what i was doing and you think that you're gonna have thousands of subscribers and everything's gonna be great and you know it's gonna go there and then you realize that probably i got crop materials i got crop resources i probably haven't got anything that is too clever to say and then um all of a sudden, one day some random person that you don't know subscribes to your channel and you go, oh, what's this? And then slowly by slowly, and you know, I've only got like four, 400 subscribers. It's not even anything major. But the interactions is what does it for me. I live in a small town in Spain. Who am I going to be talking to about how crap the Wheel of Time is? I, you know, I need to vent. I need to get my anger out there in the world. And for people to go, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Or for some people to go, no, you're a moron and you got it wrong. And, and have that sort of exchange of of ideas. That's, that's the best thing about it.
0: <laughs> what about you, Lana? How's your experience been?
2: um my my experience has been nothing but positive um since i first posted my first thing i was the same i thought my the two people that watched my um video would be my partner and my best friend um i i didn't even think that my parents would watch it and that if i wanted to get that view i would have to like sit them down and be like watch my video um (laughs) so um I think um like when I first started as well I was because from being a lurker for so long I thought that I had to post every week or twice a week and it had to be like this schedule and um I kind of put that pressure on me myself initially um but since then I've just come to the realization that I'm too chaotic to have a schedule um and life is hectic, and I would rather watch and consume others' content than create it, but I still want to be in the community. And if I have something to say specifically or um, anything like that, and if I do have time, because honestly, I have like 10 videos that need to be edited and posted. When that will happen, if I even post them, who knows? but I'm very comfortable just being a hobby BookTuber, which took me about a year and a half to get okay with. Um, so if there's anyone out there that is feeling like kind of down because they're not posting consistently or anything like that, it's fine. There are hobby BookTubers out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, um, the community is the community. Um, the friends that I've made like I I talk to like you guys more than I talk to like my family and my friends so when everyone's just like um oh my partner said something about like my internet friends and I was just like um my internet friends are real friends thank you very much and then it wasn't until um Mal came to stay with us he was like oh my gosh okay you guys are R actually real friends and i was just like yeah i've known these people for like at least two years like i've talked to them on nearly like a daily basis like we're we're good solid friends (laughs) so yeah yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's i think because i didn't see when i first started everyone had like a set schedule and i i felt pressured to be the same and it wasn't from anyone anything anyone else did it was just purely on myself so um I think just letting everyone know it's okay to not do that if it causes you like stress or anxiety then that's all good just do you mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and Taylor said consistent consistency is rough I'll be in I'll be on a good schedule for a while then it all goes to shit <laughs> so mm-hmm. that happens. <laughs> there's, there's just some week you, you, know you, I've tried to keep a semi-regular schedule, but there's some weeks and it just doesn't happen, just for mm-hmm. whatever reason. So it's, it's tough. Batch mm-hmm. filming.
3: Uh,
0: Doctor Puff and stuff. I'm a lurker too, but creators need lurkers. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. You're not a lurker anymore. Well, uh, we did the podcast earlier, so you're, you're coming to the dark side, slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: I think, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, um, but for for me, it took a while to realize that you know, yeah, like this is a hobby, and I'll just upload videos as and when I can, and whatever I get out of it is going to be good, because you know, I wouldn't be having this conversation at all, and you know, if I didn't have the channel, and I didn't connect with with people. Um, but, but once you appreciate or you get in the mindset that it's a hobby, you have to forget about feeling pressurized about reading so many books or you, how long your TBR is or how many videos I have to upload. And eventually, you just talk about whatever you're reading, whatever you want, and not feel any pressure to read any specific books or have any, any opinions. Um, because honestly, I've seen people in BookTube out there that I get a distinct impression that they're just liking things because they've, you know, it's whatever author, whatever series, and they have to like it. Or, you know, I've seen people recommend books that they openly recognize they haven't read. And and I'm like, you know, oh oh my God, (laughs) what is that all about? Um, And, you know, you do your thing and and, and that's it. There's no, there's, there's no pressure. There is no expectation.
0: i mm-hmm. uh, still so never understand the weirdness people have around batch filming. I feel like we all feel a pressure to apologize for it for some reason, even though it's, uh, even though it's the only way a lot of us can make content. Yeah. I have like a day or two of my week that I can do stuff usually. What about you guys? Is there a certain day that you try to do things or you just, whatever it happens?
1: uh for myself whenever I can fit it in um try to make a routine but no it doesn't stick
2: (laughs) I quite often forget to film (laughs) like I vlogging is just not my thing I'm like for the India courts I'm like yes I'm gonna vlog every book and like every day I'm gonna have some content and then I pick up a book and completely forget like I just vlogging is yeah i'm i'm like a live in the moment slash like squirrel (laughs) sort of person so when i have to like think of actually picking up the my phone to record something i i forget because i'm it's not something that is natural to me it's only afterwards that i'm like i would love to have that on camera so i could actually remember this and relive it (laughs)
0: Vlogs are tough uh, for whoever out there can do vlogs at uh, respect to you, because they're tough to do a lot of work to make them, in, not only to, to, to film them, to edit them and to make them interesting and short, but still have the vlog feel. It's really, really tough. So those of you who are good at it, respect to you.
3: Taylor is very good at it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I feel like sometimes I have to be in the mood for recording myself. And if I'm not, it's just better to leave it and and just find another day or another moment where you are in the mood to actually say whatever you're thinking about, whatever book you've read recently.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you're just not feeling it for whatever reason. Uh, Charlie had an interesting comment as a lurker. I think you guys put more pressure on yourselves than your subscribers do. (laughs) It's probably true,
2: especially as like a smaller booktuber or someone just starting, because there are so many established booktubers, um, like imposter syndrome is real, especially when you see like the different kinds of booktubers, like booktubers that are really analytical and really good at like words, which I'm clearly not. Um, <laughs> like there is that pressure there. Like every now and then, there's like a a thing that goes off in my head saying, "Why are you even going to record that review?" Like such and such and such and such and such and such did the same review, but like ten times better. It's just better just to not. Um. So the yeah, the imposter syndrome is real. <laughs>
3: uh, th- I mean i would like to think that because you know you pick whatever series and there is tens if not hundreds of reviews of the same series out there so i'm just secretly hoping that maybe i'm gonna say something that someone hasn't said before um but but you are right there's people out there that are really good with words and i look at them with envy jealousy and hatred it's like you mother hopper, you know, like a wish I talked like, like, you know, they, they've got a niece with words that I do not have. Um, but, you know, I suppose I'm, I'm used to it because I do, I, I enjoy running. I take part in races. Um, I've never won a race in my life. I know I never will. So I think with booktubing, it's the same. Like I know I'm never going to have however many thousand subscribers. I know I'm never going to make a living out of it, but I'm hoping that maybe I can say something in a way or pick on something that someone hasn't said before. That's the hope, I suppose.
0: Uh, Chris had an interesting comment. And uh, John from Hey up is a mood filmer as well, Jose, so you're not alone. Uh, he said, I've been with about 30,000 subscribers and when he doesn't post for a while, the abuse he gets is insane. I find it really bizarre. From subscribers, uh, Taylor said Taylor Taylor's very good at it. She That's says really as, as I spent the last night desperately looking into the intro clip, at last from last month.
2: Oh no! Yeah,
0: that would be frustrating.
2: Yeah, I hope you find it. It's nothing less, especially if it like. Could you re-record it if not though? So. Just going back to like Chris's comment, that's insane. If it's if it's like, oh hey, we, when are you posting next? We missed your content because it's amazing. That's one thing, but to cop abuse for not <laughs> posting is like, what? Your subscribers need hobbies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I wonder how often uh, that person posts or what the schedule is for that person that's getting grief for not posting in a while. It's a, I guess, good and bad thing.
3: Time, so so time to confess, right? Time to, I'm just going to put it out there and see if the cat licks it, right?
0: Is, is it the quadruple so, talking or are you being serious? Possibly,
3: possibly, possibly, you know, uh, as as the Romans used to say, in vino veritas right in in wine you'll find the truth so there are some booktubers out there that i actually make a point of not watching or subscribing because they are too fucking handsome or attractive whether it's a guy or a girl it's like no you're too pretty therefore i cannot take you seriously i'm fucking jealous like i'm jealous you got thousands of subscribers because you're hot guy or girl i don't care and and i, I feel my own in ined- it inadequacy like my own shortcomings as a person and it's like i don't care what you're going to say maybe it's a good point but you're too attractive and because i'm not like that and secretly i hope that the only reason they got so many subscribers is because they're attractive people and not because actually the depth of what they're saying um that's my sort of inner insecurities coming out here but is it just me once again am i the only crazy one here I guess I am all right. Continue guess, uh, drinking now. I think, it, um, I think it's so
0: quadruple talking. All right. Vlogs <laughs> uh, <Taylor's episode. laughs> <laughs> are hard to re-record because the hit changes. <laughs> the hit changes for me. Actually, it's actually obvious when I'm lying about the timeline.
3: Swiftly moving on, right, Steve? Yeah. That's yeah,
0: that's why that's how I know you, you watch my videos, so it's okay. I'll let you slide on that one.
3: Oh man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to make you know, uncomfortable is the new funny, right? If you make everyone uncomfortable, that like that's the new funny.
0: No, no, it was funny. Oh not uncomfortable, it was just it was just funny. It was. So
1: yes, just so. hilarious.
2: And and I don't I don't have to to answer Um, I don't have an issue with that it's it's not yeah it's not something that I won't watch because what not not consciously at least I don't not subscribe to people because they're they're too pretty
0: (laughs) and our friend Epic is here Uh, also Chedia says I wanted to say the beer is working Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Carl says the majority of what I read, I don't see covered in, on BookTube, and then again, I don't follow many channels. I'd start a channel myself. Only I'm unable to talk to camera without receiving a response. It does take a while um, to get used to talking to a camera, and not getting feedback. So, Carl, that's something. Uh, give it a shot. I think um, anyone who's considering starting a channel, I'd say just give it a try, try it out. Because I think it, it is weird at first, but um, especially there's books that you you read that you don't see covered then it's a great chance to to tell us about what you enjoy and more people can can check it out. so yeah, um, I'd say just give it a shot. it's it's weird at first, but you get used to it kind of <laughs> And uh, Chris says, I'm shallow instant <laughs> Taylor really said. It's a visual medium, so Jose has a point that looks do matter oftentimes, not just for people, but backgrounds, too.
3: Yeah, those people with the funky bookshelves of hundreds of books that they haven't read that they just bought for decoration purposes. Oh, my God, that takes us back to a conversation an hour and a half ago.
0: Yeah, it's true. We've come full circle.
3: That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm just bitter that I'm ugly. I speak with a funny accent and I haven't got a fuck off bookshelf to show in the background. I think it's a great accent.
2: I think so too. I don't like my accent, but I think your accent is very interesting because you don't hear it often on like media. Yeah.
3: For a reason.
0: <laughs> Uh, I, I like it, and everyone has a great accent. There's um, our friend uh, P.L. Stewart, here.
2: Hey, P.L.
0: P.L. Yeah, uh, one of the reasons to do it yourself is, is that the algorithm will find content more relevant to you. So, yeah, it, it will. It can be beneficial. So, I think uh, <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting late for Jose out there. The quadruple is is, uh, is talking, but I don't, I don't want to keep you guys too long. Uh, so, uh, thank you all for coming by to chat. It's been a it's been a great time, not uncomfortable, Jose. It's been it's been
3: good. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> very revealing. Uh, I can Kay, see.
3: Wanna, yeah, I can see. I'm not going to get an invite anytime soon. So no,
0: of course not. he was very
3: nice. Thank you.
0: No, you're welcome. Anytime. Don't be silly. Uh, Kate, do you want to tell us where the best place for people to find you?
1: Uh, sure, the best place is uh, my booktube channel, case Hidden Shelf, or Twitter, case Hidden Shelf.
0: And Lana?
2: Um, I am on YouTube as Laura and Lullabies, and also on Instagram, Twitter, all of the other social things, as Lana underscore Lullabies, or um, in my in the India
0: Indiacords Discord, which has links everywhere. And Jose, the uh, chatty does have a comment for you. Yes, Spanish accent is cute. Maybe I'll unsubscribe now, too cute. See what you did? Success. You can, see what you've done? You've sabotaged your own channel.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what happens every time I post a new video. I lose a couple of, I lose a couple of subscribers.
0: <laughs> uh, where can people find you, Jose?
3: Um, well, they, they can't because I've actually done the search on YouTube. You type Amazing Worlds, which, which is the title of my channel, and it doesn't crop up. So um, maybe have to do a bit more of a focused search and just type Amazing Worlds book reviews or something like that. But it doesn't really matter. So long as people are watching and enjoying the conversations, that that's all that matters.
0: Uh, Amazing Worlds, The Wheel of Time is the best series ever, and then it'll pop right up. Absolutely.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and thanks to John for coming by and everyone else in the chat. Chris, amazing fun. Thanks. And Chadia, uh, you lost a subscriber. See what you've done to yourself.
3: Exactly.
0: So thanks everyone for for coming by. Thanks all of you for coming by to chat. It's always a great way to start the weekend. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know we're all busy, so thank you for, for participant in the time to to hang out and shoot the breeze. So I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thanks again and we'll see everyone soon.
3: Bye.